Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern, Ned Reynolds, in the studio on a Thursday morning as we chip away the work week. We're getting closer and closer to when the Kansas City Chiefs head to Florida to face off with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Where are the Chiefs as far as the betting odds right now? Well, they are favored. The Chiefs should go to Jacksonville and win, according to the the pollsters, so to speak, the bookies out of Las Vegas, we'll call them pollsters. Uh, they have the Chiefs as a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I really have a feeling this may be a tough game for Kansas City. Now, keep in mind, they played a week ago tonight, so they've had a little extra time to rest and relax and absorb the 21-20 loss to the Detroit Lions. Jacksonville's pretty good. Have Trevor Lawrence as their quarterback. The Chiefs are also pretty good. Now, they'll have likely, quite likely, Kelsey will play. He says he's going to, and says he feels fine and all that sort of thing. Jones will play, certainly, but will he be at the player rhythm that they get into? He hasn't played, has not seen a lick of action except for his own training, whatever that is, and uh, he his timing has to be disrupted a little bit. But once he gets in there, Chris Jones will be a terrific force, whether or not that's this week or next week or however long it takes him to get really back into mental playing shape. That uh, makes a big difference. Uh, but the Chiefs have a three-and-a-half-point advantage over the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's a noontime game, of course, right here on the cave. We'll see what happens. We will see what happens. And, uh, again, any given Sunday or any given Thursday, as they proved last week with the Kansas City Chiefs. So, and don't forget, uh, according to Chris Jones, he keeps those receipts. Looks like the NFL players are renewing a request of how many years standing What's this about? Well, this is about grass on the field, and the the players have always wanted this. It dates back to the days of the Houston Astrodome, which had the artificial turf based on concrete, of all things, and it really shortened the career of a lot of people. I remember the late Len Dawson telling me one time that it's like going out and playing football on your street, because once you're tackled, you're falling on a very rigid surface. Anyway, the players have always lobbied for it. Now, there have been all sorts of experiments with artificial turf and so forth and so on. But the injury to Aaron Rodgers, the season-ending and maybe career-ending injury to Rodgers, has really raised a point of concern with the players who seem to think that all the fields should be grass. So they have petitioned the National Football League and said, let's review this. Let's get back into a situation in which all the fields are natural grass. Yeah, they're going to be injuries because of the nature of the game. But will they be as catastrophic as the ones that are happening now? Is artificial turf the reason why they are happening now? I don't think anybody really knows that because it hasn't been scientifically proven. But the fact that God's green earth has been scientifically proven, I think the players are saying, hey, let's get back to it and uh, view things as they were when we all started. And I, and I can't disagree with them. I can't disagree with them either. And I'm, I'll go a little bit more on a little bit further. I was having a conversation with a, a fellow Chiefs homer yesterday and saying that personally, maybe we should put that backup in when we go to New York in a couple weeks in uh, October in MetLife because that field is garbage. Yeah, Rodgers was hurt. Yeah, I really don't want my guy uh, running around on that field. But, you know, it is the NFL and that's what you got to do. Um, last but not least, Thursday Night Football. I'll be at Coyote's Sports Cafe on Glenstone tonight. It is going to be a dandy on paper. <laughs> Vikings-Eagles, this should be something, man. It is, and I'm a little surprised at the spread in this one. They're playing at Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia. This will be the Eagles' home opener. They went to New England and beat the Patriots last week, 25-20. 
Now we have the Eagles and the Vikings. They played last year. Philadelphia came up with a resounding victory in that game, and yet Minnesota rallied toward the end of the year. This is only game number two. Philadelphia is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. Folks, in the NFL, that is a lot. I'm a little surprised at that. I do think the Eagles have a terrific football team, but I think Minnesota's probably pretty good, too. Should be a fascinating game. That's tonight, the Eagles and the Minnesota Vikings in Philly. So after Wayno got his... Uh... One of two final wins. I'm, I'm, I'm still hoping that they can at least get that out of the season for the Cardinals. I thought there was no way in hell that the Cardinals were going to get another win against Baltimore, but you know what? I was wrong. Interestingly enough, Oriole Park at Camden Yard is a bandbox, but there was very, very little hitting last night. I think the Cardinals ended up with four hits and the Orioles two. One to nothing was the final score. The Cardinals won it on a Richie Palacios home run in the fourth inning. But that's not the big story. This is really interesting because history has a way of coming back and repeating itself, Mike. Drew Rahm, who the Cardinals got at the trade deadline from the Baltimore Orioles, that's his old team, pitched absolutely magnificent baseball for St. Louis. He had a no-hitter going through six innings. Ended up the Cardinals eventually took him out of the game when... Baltimore got two hits off him. Baltimore didn't succeed in parlaying that into anything. But what it did, it remind me of a game about a month and a half ago when Matt Liberatore of the Cardinals, who's had an inconsistent year, went down and pitched against his old team, the Tampa Bay Rays. And he had them no hit and shut out through eight innings, or actually seven innings. It ended in the eighth. I thought, this is, this is curious. And then Libertor came back and fell on its backside. He didn't do anything the rest of the year. Injured now. And here's Rom going out and doing the same thing against his old team. Does history have a way of repeating itself? Well, we'll see. Baltimore is heading for a very big series with the Tampa Bay Rays. This is where first place is going to be decided in the American League East with this three-game series coming up this weekend. Cardinals, hey, they're just playing the role of spoilers. They're out of the race. They're not going anywhere. They're playing the Philadelphia Phillies uh, this weekend in St. Louis. Philadelphia swept the Cardinals several weeks ago in Philly. Well, the Cardinals would like a little payback, and the Cardinals are playing a little bit better baseball, a little bit more uh, cohesive baseball is about the, the best way to put it. But they didn't hit the ball last night, didn't have to. They got the one run, and that was all that was needed. one nothing. Cardinals beat the Orioles. Cardinals take two out of three from Baltimore. So the Royals won, and the Springfield Cardinals won? And Wichita lost. So with six games, actually it's four games, four games. I think you can count on the Cardinals playing the first round of the playoffs coming up here next Tuesday night. Now it's one game here, and then two in Little Rock, Arkansas. Now, I'm no, I'm... I'm not shutting the door before the horse is already out, but with four games remaining and a two-game lead over Wichita, that's pretty good. It's oh, yeah. going to be awfully tough to blow. So we'll see what happens. They play again tonight, tomorrow night, Saturday, and Sunday. Four games remaining for the Springfield Cardinals, and I think folks are going to get in the playoffs. And if they do blow it, you know who to blame. And me. Ned Reynolds. <laughs> uh, right now, um, and it's no surprise, Georgia Bulldogs, number one in the nation when it comes to college football. They just look like a behemoth. But uh, any uh, chase, any changes in the rankings? Anything you've seen different? They are the number one team in America, and they deserve to be number one. They're very good. They open up conference play, Southeastern Conference play, this weekend in uh, Athens, Georgia. And uh, their, their opening opponent is their neighbor from South Carolina. South Carolina Gamecocks are not real good. 
Georgia is a very big favorite going into this game, as they should be. But Georgia-South Carolina is a storied rivalry. It goes back for a number of years. And the Bulldogs, while they do have another non-conference game coming up, are playing within the league this year. They still don't play Alabama. That happens every four or five years when they get them on the regular schedule. Might play them in the postseason. You never can tell. But uh, for now, it's Georgia-South Carolina. That's the big one. Michigan, number two, has a game with Bowling Green. Now, Bowling Green's D1, and they're out of the Mid-America Conference, but they aren't at the same level as Michigan. And this should be a big win for the Wolverines. Yeah, and the Wolverines are looking really good, good, too. All right, Ned, you have a great day, and I'll see you tomorrow.